0: morning. Morning. It is so good to be back here. It seems like it's been eternity since I've been here. I guess COVID messed everybody up. (laughs) It is such a pleasure to be here. Uh, For those of you that don't know, this is my wife Rosemary joining me this morning. And uh, we're really excited to be here Uh, I want to talk for a couple of minutes before I get to the message about KGM. I know some people may not know what that is. It used to be just Kalamazoo Gospel Mission. But KGM now is Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries, as we have assumed and uh, taken on Kalamazoo Deacons Conference as well. It also includes all of our uh, retail operations, uh, of which we've just opened uh, or reopened. Uh, simple Treasures. How many of y'all are familiar with Simple Treasures? It was our uh, store, just one person. What's, what are the rest of y'all shopping at? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, it's, it moved to uh, Kilgore, and the good thing about it is that now that we've moved into the old Lees building on Kilgore, it also, there's a warehouse behind it, so folks in Portage can drop off donations there rather than coming all the way downtown to Burdick Street. Isn't that a good thing? That's, that's really good. Um, I also want to tell you that uh, we started up again our uh, uh, discipleship program. We had to put it on hold for a moment until our building was done. And isn't that a beautiful picture? I mean, and that's an actual picture. That's not an uh, artist. Uh, rendering anything anymore. It used to be for a long time we had to see it, you know, in our minds and all of that, but God has given us such a beautiful, beautiful building, and I would uh, I give you all an invitation uh, today if you would like to come down as a church or, you know, in groups to uh, take a tour. We would love to show you, you know, what that building is about, who we're serving, and this year, um, just a month ago, we graduated our first uh, group of uh, discipleship program members um, since we started over again. And, and so that was, uh, that was really great. And I want to give you a chance to hear from some of those folks. If you roll that video. turn the sound up, please. There we go. So that's actually just a video that gives you a taste of what we do, some clips of some of our volunteers and our staff uh, working with the people uh, that we serve in downtown Kalamazoo. And, and I just want to tell you that we have uh, absolutely the most dedicated, most professional, the greatest group of ministry professionals that I have ever had the privilege to work with at Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries, and if you ever come down, and work with them or volunteer with them, and, and we need volunteers. Uh, following COVID, not a lot of people came back, and, um, and so we are looking for volunteers. For those of you who might be seeking employment, we have a few open positions. We, like many of the other businesses uh, around the community, we have struggled to, uh, to find people that want to work. And I don't know what that's about. I don't know where, you know, where all these workers are and, and all of that, but we would love to have you, if you go up on our website and you see something that appeals to you and you uh, pray about it and hear God telling you that you could be a part of this amazing team, we would love to talk to you about uh, one of those positions. And then lastly, uh, expanding the toolbox. Expanding the toolbox is the uh, government's report on uh, homelessness, and it it breaks down homelessness, the causes. It gives uh, data that shows um, why people are homeless and what are some of the uh, responses that you could have to homelessness to help solve the problem. The funny thing is about that that the government doesn't follow what's in <laughs> their own report, um, and so uh, but. I give you this information, and you can find it on our website. Uh, You can get it online. Uh, But I want you to be informed is the reason that I I bring that to your attention, because uh, there are some things that can be done to help the homeless, and on a larger scale right now, they're they're not being done. Uh, But they are a part of what we do to help our homeless population. I want to uh, talk to you all this morning a little bit about, um, about uh, the 100th Psalm. Is that okay? Well, let me, let me, I haven't been here for a while, so I don't know if this is, I don't remember if this is one of those churches that's real quiet and everything. Let the church say amen. amen. Say amen again. Amen. See, I know y'all can. Amen. The question is, will you? Okay. All right. Uh, so I want to talk to you about the 100, uh, 100 Psalm. Now, Now, while most of the Psalms, generally when we think of the Psalms, we think of David. Uh, but Jewish tradition has given uh, the authorship of the 90th through the 100th Psalm to the 100th Psalm to Moses, actually. And, um, and I think it, it is a song of praise. Uh, it recognizes God for his greatness for who he is and all of those things. And I think we're at a place in our country where we need to get back to recognizing who God is and, and who we're not, if I can say it like that. Because in a lot of places, when you hear people talk, you would think they, that they think they God, you know? But, but that's not true. And I think as I watch people of different groups become more vocal about what they do and about who they are and how they want people to recognize them, I think the church needs to be encouraged to do the same thing. And not just when we're together in a group, but individually as well. Is that okay? Don't make me ask y'all to say amen, okay? I mean, don't, don't, don't. Uh, I only got a few minutes. I don't, don't, let me, where's that clock? I can't see the clock, good. So anyway. (laughs) So, and it's not summertime, so I know y'all don't have a lot of crock pots going on and you don't have a second service, so you all are locked in, okay? <laughs> but, uh, but in my own life and Rosemary and I, we have tried to cultivate and, and be very intentional about being grateful. I mean, about being grateful, not just being grateful when something happens, some big thing happens and you go, oh, wow, you know, but no, being grateful. I mean, just being grateful. Being grateful when things go your way and being grateful when things don't go your way. But being grateful. <clears throat> I had a joke I was going to tell you, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm How many of y'all want to hear the joke? <laughs> because some people, you know, we get to a place where when we... We, we, we have been so blessed that it's almost like God has to raise the ante in order to excite us. You know what I mean? I mean, we, don't, we, we just don't see a lot of things as special. And so one day there's a group of people in a butcher shop, and in walks a dog that's got a purse in his mouth. And the dog walks over in front of the meat counter and he sits down and he lays the purse on the, on, the, on, this, uh, on the ground, on the floor. And the butcher walks over and looks at him and the butcher says, what's going on, dog? He said, uh, you want to buy some meat? The dog goes, woof. He says, really? He said, what kind of meat do you want? Do you want steak? Do you want pork chops? Do you want, what do you want? Do you want steak? Do you want beef? Woof. He said, oh, you want steak? You want beef? He says, yeah. I mean, he says, woof. <laughs> <laughs> so the butcher says, how much you want? He says, you want a pound, a half a pound? He says you want two pounds? Woof. Oh, two pounds. OK. So he cuts him off two pounds of meat, wraps it up, reaches in the purse, gets the money, and the dog picks up the meat, and the the purse, and he goes out. Well, there's a guy watching that thinks, this is amazing. So he follows the dog. The dog goes down the street, goes to an apartment building, goes up to the third floor, and then scratches on the door. And as the door opens, the man inside just starts chewing this dog out, just goes in on him. And, and the guy watching, he says, wait a minute, wait a minute. He says, that's the most incredible dog I've ever seen. Why are you chewing him out? He said, because this is the third time this week he done forgot his keys. <laughs> I know that's corny. Joel Osteen had one that was a little bit better than that, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't wanna get into that. Um, but there's so much for us to be thankful for. And we should never get to a place where we are so insensitive about what God is doing until God has to really as I said, up the ante. So I wanna talk about the uh, 100th Psalm. This is one of the Psalms that uh, as, a, as a kid, there were a few Psalms that uh, we would learn and we could recite them. The 100th Psalm. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we, are, not we ourselves. We are his sheep. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generation. Amen. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. This should come as a comfort to some people who feel that they have been challenged in singing or those people who feel that they are challenged in their prayers. You ever heard somebody that pray and it's like, man, I wish I could pray like that, you know? Well, God's not looking for you to be as articulate as somebody else. God just wants your praise. God just wants your praise. When you're singing, it brings a sweetness to God. And while there are times that we are instructed to enter in secret, here we are told to make noise. In other words, we are supposed to be bold with our prayer, uh, with our praise. I think sometimes about um, some of us who work on, in secular jobs, it's almost as Christians, we want to fly under the radar, you know, you know what I'm talking about? I praise God that I work at a place where it is expected and, and that, that, um, that we stand up for the gospel. But the truth of the matter is, that's expected from all of us. Regardless of where we're planted, and I said planted, God puts you in a place for you to make a difference in that place, for you to give praise in, uh, uh, to him through the words of your mouth, and through your actions. And so we need to be as vocal as any other group out there trying to get rights for who we are, what we believe, and whose we are. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, everybody, regardless of race, color, creed, national origin, or any other division that they want to put out there, all of us should want to make a joyful noise and praise the Lord. And we'll get into why here in just a moment. Serve the Lord with gladness. You ever met some people that, that they'll do good for you, but boy, they want you to know about it. I'm telling you, it, it, they will do something good, but they do it begrudgingly. You know what I'm talking about? You say, Would you, um, do you have a chair? Here, sit down. You know, I mean, they, they just, whatever they do, they, they're grudging about it. And that's not gladness. We're supposed to be joyful and do it with gladness as we serve the Lord. Come before his presence with singing. You ever, Now, I want you all to think about this. You ever been walking through the house and a song comes on and somebody's talking? You go, wait a minute, ho, 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 wait a minute, that's my song. You ever did that? I like to think God does that when I start singing. <laughs> I like to think God does that when you start singing. I think when you start singing praises to him, he goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's my song. That's my I want to hear that. I mean, that's just how much he loves your praise. Come before his presence with singing. It's something about having a song in your heart. I know Rosemary and I, we keep, uh, we keep music playing in our home. And it's, it's usually praise and worship music. And I'm telling you, there are times that we are walking through the house and we may be going through something and a song comes on that just hits that nerve. You know what I'm talking about? And you just stop and you find yourself walking through the house just praising God with tears, running down here because you are so grateful for what God has done. Anybody ever experienced that? Wave at me, come on. Because, I mean, there, there is something about music that uh, just brings joy, I believe, to the heart of God. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. To know the Lord is God and to honor him is something that is missing so much from society today. I remember as a a kid in elementary school, school would not start without a pledge of allegiance and they would always read a passage of scripture from either Psalms or Proverbs. But it offended some people. Well, Well, I'm offended by some stuff too. I mean, is that all right? I, I get offended by some stuff too. So who's going to be sensitive to what I'm offended by? See, and that's why I think we need to start being vocal about those things that offend us and speaking out for the things that we are supposed to stand for as well. He is God. When, when God, I remember when God called Moses and told him that he would want, to, want him to go and deliver the children of, Egypt, uh, of Israel from Egypt, Uh, Moses said, who shall I say sent me? And God told him, what did he tell him? He told him, he said I am that I am. Which means I will be what I will be. There ain't a person alive that can say that. None of us can say that. What I can say is, I am what he created me to be. I will be what He created me to be. And I will spend my time, I will spend my life being everything that God has called me to be. Has anybody made that commitment? Has anybody determined that that is who they want to be? What God um, has created them to be? You know, I remember years ago, I used to work on cars. I used to love to work on cars when you could, back when you could work on cars. (laughs) You remember that? and, and, and I remember uh, a friend of mine taught me a long time ago, he said, he said three things you need to get a car to start. He said, you got to have fire, you got to have fuel, and you got to have them there at the right time. And I tell you what, if, if you didn't have that, the first thing we did is we would go to the manual. And, and there were a number of different manuals. There were a rights manual was one of them. Um, J. C. Whitney was the place you could get all your parts from and everything, but but you had those manuals that you could go to, and you could go to the manual, and the manual would tell you what the point gap was supposed to be and what the timing was supposed to be. It could tell you, you know, the firing order. I remember uh, working on my sister's car one time. I thought I was a mechanic. And she wanted to tune up, and the first thing I did was went and ripped all the uh, spark plugs, wires off of the car. And I didn't know anything about timing at that time, I mean about uh, a firing order. I just thought you just ran the wires to the plugs. (laughs) And she had to end up putting her car in the shop and taking it to somebody that was going to go to the manual. Our lives are like that. There are times when things get out of whack you got to go to the manual. you got to go to the book that was written by the person that created you to get things in order. That's the strength of the programs that we have at KGM. We take those people back to the book. We take them back to the manual. We walk them through a process to see where your life went off track and what the word says about how you get back on track. That's the strength of that. God is God. We are not God. And the sooner I believe that we decide that, then the sooner off I think we, the better off I think we will be. We are his people. And the sheep of his pasture, ownership. We belong to him. But I got to tell you that being a sheep is not a compliment. (laughs) There, There was a video, if I had a, if I could have, if I had a downloaded it, I would have bought it um, with me. But there's a video I've seen a number of times on Facebook and in other places where a sheep has gotten lodged in this crevice. And the shepherd goes over and grabs him by his hind leg and he and he pulls him out of this crevice. And the sheep turns around, runs about 50 yards and jumps back in the hole. <laughs> sheep are dumb. <laughs> I mean, sheep... Sheep do the same stupid thing over and over and over again. And I think sometimes, I know for me at least, I've had to admit that the situation I am in is of my own doing, even after God has gotten me out of the same thing before. Am I the only one? Anybody else? You know, but, but we need to understand that we can't solve our own problems. We can't solve our own problems. I mean, if you look at the world today, the more we try to solve our problems without God, the worse things get. And it has to start in our home. And we rec- when we recognize who we belong to and we learn how to solve our problems according to the Word of God, that's what we need to be instilling in our children. We need to set atmosphere in our home so that children have a a way to live in their minds that is right. The Word of God says that if you will train up a child in the way that they go, when they are old, they will not depart from it. That does not mean that your children won't get off track. That doesn't mean that. What it does mean, though, is that when your children get off track, because I know it worked for me, when I got off track, I had a reference point that had been drilled into me by my parents about what was right. And when I got to that place, like the word says about the prodigal son, when I came to the end of myself, I had a reference point. I had something that told me that I could get back to this. And that was that safe place. And that was where my life started making sense again. We need to get to a place where we recognize that God is the one that has the answers. Enter enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Anytime we enter into the presence of God in praise and worship or any other time, we should have an attitude of gratitude, reverence, respect, and adoration. Every time we think of God, that's, that should be on our minds, on our hearts and our minds, about how great he is and the great things that he has done for us. For the Lord is good, and his truth endureth to all generations. God is good. Good is his nature. You don't have to catch God on a good day in order to experience His goodness. He's just good. His goodness is not predicated on how good you are. He's just good. He's good when what he does makes you feel good. And he's good when what he does doesn't make you feel so good. He's still good. Good is who God is. God is good. For the Lord is good. And his truth endures to all generations. You know, (laughs) for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. That's the next one. His mercy is everlasting, which means that his mercy will outlast your need for mercy. That's good news, somebody. Amen. Amen. I needed to hear that. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations, which means that if it was true for your grandparents, it's true for your parents. If it's true for your parents, it's true for you. I know when I, when I was uh, in my teen years, y- y'all know that most, most teenagers are geniuses. You know that, right? <laughs> y'all know that? Because I know there was a time when uh, between about 13 and 18, I knew everything, you know, I did. And I can remember some of those conversations I would sit down and I would have with my mother. And I said, Mom, you know what I found out? I found out, you know, and I'd tell her such and such a thing. And she'd look at me and she, she'd listen very intently. And then she'd go, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> my mother was something else, boy. But, uh, but children need to be guided. You know, and they need need to be heard, but they need to be guided. And oftentimes, when you pray for your children when they leave home, oftentimes they will find a a group of people that will be able to convey a message to them that you've been trying to give them that they just couldn't get it. And they will come back to you then, and they'll go, guess what I found out? And they'll tell you something. Same thing you've been trying to tell them all along, they'll say that. But truth doesn't change. Truth is not predicated on what the majority says. You know, this thing about majority rules, you know, the word, the word tells me that straight is the gate and narrow is the way and few be there that find it, which tells me that the majority can oftentimes be wrong. But the truth doesn't change. The truth does not change based on how you feel. It doesn't change based on how many people you can get to agree with you or how many people you can get to vote on it. Truth does not change. Let me tell you a couple of truths. According to the book of Acts, the truth is that there's only one name whereby men will be saved, Jesus. That's the truth. According to the book of John, the truth is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever whosoever, believes on him shall not perish. That's the truth, that's the truth. We should be intentional about cultivating a grateful heart. We need to learn to be grateful when things go our way and grateful when they don't, knowing that God has determined That all things work together for the good of those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. I could stand here all day and tell you situations that that had gone wrong since I've been at the mission and just believing God and trusting God and he turned those situations around. And I know you could do the same thing. There have been times in your life when you thought something should go one particular way and it didn't go that way and then you find out that God had a plan that was higher, uh, farther above your plan than, than it was, had more wisdom in it, you'll find oftentimes that he protected you from the very thing that you thought you wanted but it wasn't something that you really needed. Anybody remember that? Anybody agree with that? That's a good place say amen. God is good. And we need to be joyful. We need to be boastful about his goodness. We need not to be off in the shadows somewhere, but we need to be vocal about praising God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Let's pray. God, we just thank and praise you, God, for who you are. We thank you, God, for your goodness. Father, we commit that we will be vocal, that we will make a joyful noise, that we will not be silent. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for so much that you have done in us, to us, and through us. We thank you, God, for the plan that you have for us. And we commit, God, to submitting to your plan and to being everything that you've called us to be. Teach us, God, how to... Stand up, God, in places where we would sit down. Teach us, God, how to be vocal in places where we would be quiet. Teach us, God, how to represent you well. And always, God, show us how to let everything that we do and everything that we say give you glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless you.